With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. One thing we have to keep in mind is that, and we talked about it on the show, but at the same time, it comes from two different points. Then all of a sudden, you want to say, oh, what do you think? I need for me. I don't know this if I can speak for everybody. This is Dennis Sports. Sports. I'm your host, Kenneth Hans. Joining me on the show, uh, we got Shelton J. What's good, man? What's good, everybody? And there's no BZ. There's no FIFO. There's also no Nick. But we have two of the best best guys to fill in for them that we know. And that's out there, period. Point blank. They can be on any show you watch and kill it. Q, what up, Q? It was good. And Manny. What it do? What it do? What up, everybody? What's good? What's good? Um, I, I think this is the first time I've ever seen somebody do a podcast like out for a run. <laughs> mobile Manny. This is mobile Manny. Mobile Manny. Manny. On assignment. On a, this this how much I, I, I ride for dead end sports, man. I'm on <laughs> assignment right now. Manny on the move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, they say you, they say you just ran down to talk to the Lakers and gave them a little pep talk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh Manny said, what'd you say? No, 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 no. It's, it's like me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually out here playing dad, man. I'm watching the kids ride their bikes and stuff. So, you know. That's beautiful, bro. Multitasking. Multitasking. That's good, man. That's good. good. All right. So, anyway, as we mentioned uh, at the close of Tuesday's show, that we will be back to discuss the moves uh, that took place on the trade deadline. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're going to kind of go through some of those and uh, talk about some of our favorite moves and our least favorite moves. And then I'll also just go through any trade that we didn't get through to see if there are any opinions, if it's irrelevant. When there were a lot of irrelevant trades, uh, as Q said in the chat, people are just trading for the sake of trading. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, I can, so I guess I start out with um, with you, Shelton. Man, like, what was your favorite move of the day? My favorite move that I saw of the day was the Dallas Mavericks bringing in. Uh, J.J. Redick and uh, Melly, I think that – well, those two, actually. That one um, and that one because, uh, like me and my brother was talking about earlier today, you're adding a shooter in J.J. Redick to a lineup like that where he has a chance to, you know, be playoff bound on the sending team with the passer like Luca. It's going to open up things on the, on the, in the floor for him. And then you bring in another shooter uh, – Melly, ain't that his name? I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but you bringing in those guys, they fit right into the Dallas way. I think that those were two good trades that will help that Dallas franchise to move forward. They didn't have to give up much. They gave up James Johnson and some other player. So they didn't have to give up much to get them. 
So I really like that trade. And then also for Boston, I talked about it the other night. I always felt like they needed a shooter to go along with one. I, I thought one of those guys. I thought maybe just get rid of the other guy. But you kept both of those guys intact and you added a shooter in Fournier to go with them. And that's I think that's going to help space that floor out and help those guys out a lot. So I like both those trades. Those are my favorite trades of all. And I know I know y'all think JJ Watts, man. I, I, I just think JJ needed a change of scenery and he needed to be in a place where he can use his brain more so than his athletic ability, because he doesn't really have much. And he is watched if he has to do too much. But if all he got to do is sit out there and shoot, there's not a better shooter in the league. Wes Uwundu. Who in the hell is that? I know the name. I ain't never seen him really play, but you know, uh, I'm on Bleacher Report, and he said, and, and it says that uh, I guess somebody believes in him. I'm like, okay, uh, he never got a lot of uh, burn my way. But you know what, Shelton, I do agree with you on this trade. Only from, well, not only from, but my my take on this is that JJ just didn't fuck with Stan Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. He ain't gonna say it out loud. You know, it may it may come out later on his podcast, or whatever. I really don't think they got along, and I think he wanted out, and um, and he got he got he got his he got his chance to get out of there. Um, you know, I know he's been injured uh, throughout the year, but at one point he was even out of the rotation. You know, they weren't even playing the brother, and you know he was a uh, um, had some key moments last year when when the Pelicans went on their their run, and we know he shoots what forty something percent from from deep. Which you know would be a great asset for um, for I would say for Dallas, um, you know that should I guess give Doncic some more room to operate as well um, if he gets healthy and able to get on the floor. Uh, so that remains to be seen. But yeah, um, Nicolo Melli. Uh, every time I I watch him play, he has a bad game. So so I don't know. If I'm just picking the bad games or what, but it just seems like he can't ever really make a shot. And they're trying to make him into something that he may not be. But we'll see. I think at the end of the day, what this did for the Dallas Mavericks is it just really, really added to their white player roster. They have probably the whitest team (laughs) in the NBA. NBA. It's like we back in the goddamn 60s. It's like watching Iowa. Man, Dallas (laughs) is putting together quite the clan. Like, you know what I mean? For real. I was thinking, man. but I didn't want to say that's why I said it's the end. <laughs> oh, you, I mean, you know me, man. I can't help it. But uh, this is who I am. Oh, but, yeah. Brotherhood strong. For real. Uh any of y'all have any thoughts on this or moving on? Hey, uh, I'm, mid on, I, I'm I'm mid on it, man. Like I don't I don't have any like eh on it. You know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, All right. Well, I, 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 I kind of felt the same way about this trade day line. Yeah, it was kind of mid. I mean, I guess if I had to pick a move, I would say Oladipo to the Heat. I think probably. Yeah. Or another guy can paint plays. So. Yeah. I mean, in terms of in terms of the overall deadline, like I have like t- like two favorite moves. I don't I don't feel anything about the Dallas move in terms of it moving the needle that much. If JJ is healthy and if he's actually going to get in the rotation because in me like in my opinion he's cooked on d he's always been cooked but he's even extra cooked now but if he can get some open shots you know 
a la like a Duncan Robinson in some you know good spurts and minutes, then that could help Luca obviously uh, with relieving some pressure in key moments and hopefully you know add another dimension to that offense to make them more uh, pluralistic. But in terms of it moving them up like you know anything past what they are right now, I don't I don't think so. Um, favorite moves. I'll jump off on Manny's point. I think that the Heat probably won the trade deadline. I'll say that. I want to know if anybody else agrees with me on that point. Ken, hold on one second, Q. The audio is out, Ken. Mm. Out again? You got to say all that again, Q. It's all good. <laughs> There's only the end. There's only the end there that's kind of getting. I caught most of it, though. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they could hear. On the on the chat though, yeah. my mom texted me a second ago. Get to the bottom of this. I, f- I feel in the dead air uh, and do the audio. Um, they no, can't hear you either, Manny. This, this trade down was kind of a dud. Manny, they, they can't, can't hear you either. Oh, we back. We back oh. on. All right. They couldn't hear you either when you. I don't think they can hear your talking either, Manny. They can't hear me. Can you hear me now? Are, are we back now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We back. I had to switch it again. It's okay. Streamlabs be happening. Funky. It's all good. All right, but yeah, we back. Um, all right. So yeah. basically, what is so what we were leaving off on was I don't think it moves the needle for the Mavericks. I think Manny was about to jump in and say um, it was kind of mid the trade deadline, and I and I agree. Besides the Heat, you know, there was nothing that really like wow you know i think the heat found a way to reorganize their offense and give themselves a bet on they kind of bet on the upside of oladipo and hoping that he'll be able to fit in and i think be that second real complimentary ball handler slash slash slasher you know three-point guy um hopefully be able to take key defensive assignments and help off of jimmy and make it easier for Bam. So I think you're betting on that. And then the Bielitsa move, you're hoping that, you know, he can give you anything from beyond the three-point arc. He's going to get cooked on D, but I think he tries hard enough that he can give you spurts um, when Bam needs rest. So I think Pat Riley bet on upside and bet on athleticism with his uh, trade acquisitions. Bro, they just gave away Oladipo. Like, is this really just a trade for a first round pick? Man, and even listen. that was a swap. Man, man, man. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what he's doing, man. I don't yeah. know. I think Houston's just like, yo, does Houston's just like, man, we'll just we'll just try again in five years. Like it just at this point. Cause it just it just it just feels like they're just like it just yeah, it's it's corny, man. I don't know. They just like they just they literally gave up Karis LeVert for nothing. Yeah, I don't understand their moves. It's very incoherent. Um, if we're talking about any other moves, Sheldon, I actually wanted to ask you specifically about this one move that was made. I want to focus on for the Bulls fans talking about acquiring Vucevic and Tice. Um, do you think that moves the needle for Chicago? Anything in the in the future? Like, you know? Uh, it's a decent move. I mean, it's it's a decent move. I mean, Vucevic is a really good player. I think he's an underrated player because he's just been in Orlando forever, just wasting away. Um, I think if he would, but I think if he played on like on a really good team, I think you see how good he is. But it's a good move for Chicago. It's another player for them to utilize and, and to add or to have around Levine. Mm-hmm. Is that make Chicago a championship team? No. Does it even mm-hmm. make them a? You know, top six team probably not. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a decent move. Mm-hmm. 
It said that I, I think that he's the first. I don't know if I'm right about this number, but it's like he's the first 20 and 10 player Chicago has ever had. Yeah. And Damn. um adding him to me is a TBD. It'd have been nicer if they could have gotten Lonzo along with him. Mm. Not with him, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know Adding what you mean. That puzzle. Mm-hmm. But it, it's puzzling to me too because Chicago's not a front runner type team. So to add a win now type player, because he's not a he's not a player you're gonna grow with. He's already there. He's he's in his prime. So to get him now is kind of it's kind of strange to me for the Bulls mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. I would have thought one of the contenders uh, would have made that move, but you know it's it's something. It's it, and we talk about franchises that are in flux. I don't know what Orlando is doing at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they gave up some nice pieces for little in return. So it's yet to be seen. I I, I, I want to see what him and Zach Levine could do together. Because mm-hmm. I think I think them two together, they should be a formidable duo. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how to pay off this year. Mm-hmm. I, I really see it paying off without adding another piece. Mm-hmm. Ken, do you think that perhaps this is a move to be able to appease Zach Levine with like, all right, we're, we're going to win some games. So chill on all the I want to get out of here talking, you know, favorite in tweets like Zach should come to this team. You know what I mean? Like, you think this is an appeasement move? Um, partly I do. I also think it could be like insurance uh, for Zach as well. Um, I mean, we're talking about a guy that averages 24, 11 and four. Um, shoots forty percent from three, and um, and so, so so the guy can play, man. And I think when you when you look at what they gave up and and Wendell Carter Jr. and and Otto Porter, we know Wendell Carter is is relatively new, and he's still developing. But will he ever turn into Vucevic? That remains to be seen. But no. if you can bring in a guy like Vucevic that can that we know is is a bona fide guy that took Orlando to the playoffs, then that's not a bad move. And then giving up Otto Porter Jr., who hasn't been able to stay on the court as well. Mm-hmm. So you get a legit player in Vucevic that, that plays down low, and then you got Zach Levine on the perimeter. Uh, then you also still got Kobe White. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they really, really believe in Patrick Williams. I haven't had a chance to see him play a lot, but um, I'm seeing good things about him. So I think this is a move to to try to appease and keep Zach Levine around by giving him another viable weapon to play with, or another really great player to play with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we, like, got super, yeah. we got a we got a super chat room. Oh, go ahead. Did you have something else? On no, that? no, no, no. Go ahead, bro. I'll I'll try to get the super chats in as quick as possible. Three thirteen JMO. We appreciate you very very much. Uh, he said, "What Griff just did by using Lonzo, trying to move him in a trade like that, and then not trading him was tragic. Now they will lose him for nothing." What do you? What, what does he mean? Losing for nothing? He's a refer, he's a restricted free agent. Restricted. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They 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 still can do a signing trade. Um, yeah, they could do a signing trade. They could still match any offer that he gets. Um, mm-hmm. they, I don't think they lost him for nothing. We're gonna talk about um the Pelican situation more in depth in one of a topic, but I kind of want to steer this more back towards um actually Daniel Tice. I don't understand, man. He misses a shot and they trade him. That's very tragic. Like, my last point on Chicago is Vucevic can play, and he's a hooper, man. But I think that I'm going to press pause because my 
my overall take on the deadline is the, the key words are lateral moves, lateral moves abundant. And I think that yep. Chicago makes kind of a lateral move in terms of their future. You know, they're going to be in contention for, you know, top five, top six seeds, maybe if they play their next offseason right. But I don't see this as being anything fantastic for them. But you also got to have also buyers uh, beware with perhaps Vucevic is an empty stats guy. No one's ever thought of that. You know what I mean? He's he's a hooper. and Yeah, he, he made the all-star team, but he's in Orlando. And how many of those games really matter? And how many of his teammates do you actually make better? And you have to be, you have to actually beware if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, I believe in this scenario. You can't get fooled. Um, Ken, Clippers. Mm. Rondo goes in a trade for basically nothing. Steals money from Atlanta. (laughs) What do we like? You know, he ran off on Atlanta with a nice little bag, but is this going to be the move that they need in the playoffs when pressure gets the tightest? Oh man, does a thing, does such a thing as playoff Rondo exist? And can playoff Rondo, if it exists, and we've seen it at times, um, supplant playoff P's negative attributions mm. to the team. Scale it, you know, yeah. That, Talk about that scale yeah, shit. You know, can, can, it, can it basically neutralize that, right? So can it just basically get the team back to, to square one um, in a playoff game? That remains to be seen. But I think it definitely gives them something that they've needed in terms of a real point guard, something Kawhi has been clamoring for, and they finally got it. Not only that, they got a guy who uh, was in the locker room last year with the Lakers, so we got intel there. Not sure if it'll help, but he also has a uh, playoff experience. So you got a guy that can potentially come in and win a title with, you know, he's already won one with two-story franchise, and then it could be help the Clippers get their first one. Mm. I think that um, you know, we know Pat Bev only runs around and nip at people's heels all game. So we know that at some because we saw Lou Will in the playoffs. Let's just be real. He he wasn't all that great, right? He's a liability. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of he kind of fell apart. So I think Rondo could potentially give them some mental toughness that they've lacked in the playoffs at times outside of Kawhi. Um, and maybe help get them over the hump. But will it be enough? I mean, I don't know. I know that Tyrone Lou did not like playing Lou Williams, and that was evident at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Lou just went back to Magic City, so they sent him back here so he can get an a infinite supply of pepper wings. He's having a good week. He's having a great week. Got the 15,000 points and get to go back home. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, Lou. for real. Yeah, yeah, Rondo, man. I I think that was a if if this was a calculated move by Rondo, Uh you calculate to Uh come to Atlanta, get paid, and then get shipped out. Yeah, but because um, they were trying to get him, uh that's what they were trying Mm -hmm. to do at the beginning of the year. They wanted him, and the Clippers wanted him anyway. Uh So he he did he he came here, which I thought it was strange for him to come to Atlanta anyway. You know, this is a building franchise when you're one of those players who can just jump and championship hunt. I thought him coming here was kind of a strange move, but he took the money and ran literally. So that's uh, two two brilliant points from myself and Ken because I was thinking the exact same thing earlier. Is Rondo took advantage of 
maybe Atlanta's kindness or their incompetence. It's one of the uh, two. Either they understood that, yo, we got to spend some money because Trey Young is our he's our brand. He's our guy. We got to win. So that means that we got to flood some money into this free agency. So you're bringing in a bunch of guys that want the ball or trying to shoot the ball, have the ball. And Rondo's like, you go pay me how much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm coming. Of course, because you're going to buy me out in a second. I ain't going to play hard here. Like, we ain't finna win. Yeah, you got too many, too many people want the ball. And perhaps this is this is one of those, you know, NBA, like, inside, like, you know what I'm saying? You got really got to be a player or an agent to see that it's like, man, sometimes you got to play your hand to know that a franchise that is not used to winning is going to do reactionary moves like that. And I felt like they had a reactionary summer, um, Atlanta, because they were just too reckless with their cap. And now you basically just correct your mistake. Rondo, like Ken and Sheldon say, get to get that bag and say, let me go now to my real team, put in my real effort in the playoffs like I was always going to do. But I actually was able to get my money, my cake and eat it, too. It's a beautiful it's, it's a beautiful move for Rondo and his agent. Masterful. Um, last move of my favorites, and then King can bring us into the least favorite moves. I probably say I do like the Celtics moving them for Fournier. I think that they did need shooting. I was uh, talking about how they need to be able to get the ball out of Tatum's hands more. They need to get the ball out of, out of Jalen Brown's hands more. It's too much of ISO ball. Uh, they're they're going to have to correct mistakes this summer, and we're going to dive into Ainge and. Um, uh, David Griffin later on, but to me, that was a great move. So shout out to the Celtics fans from a Sixers fan. So to really take that to heart. But One more question about that uh, moves that were made. Mm-hmm. What did y'all think about Aaron Gordon going to Denver? Ken? <laughs> I'll let y'all. I'll let y'all go because I, I I got some. Stuff no, 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 there. Manny, please. Brent, no, go. go, yeah, drop, go ahead, drop, drop 30, Manny. <laughs> Not, I, I just don't understand this love affair with Aaron Gordon, man. Like, the dude is one of these dudes that – these dudes that just put up numbers on bad teams. Like, he's a nice player. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Gordon's a really nice player. He's a good player. Very good mm-hmm. player. There's nothing wrong. Guys like Aaron Gordon playing the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. Is he a guy that's an X factor? Does he move the needle? Does he necessarily turn Denver into a championship team? Yeah, no. I don't I've, – I've never seen evidence of that. Um, I know he's been in Orlando for his entire career, so I, I, it's not fair to really judge him on that. But still, I, I don't—I didn't really understand that move by Denver. That just kind of felt like a panic move to me. Mm. First of all, you're giving up Gary Harris. I, I like Gary Harris. I think he was part of the nucleus of that team, and you just trade him for Aaron Gordon. I don't think Aaron Gordon necessarily makes you better. Um, like you said earlier, man, it just—it just it, this whole deadline just felt like it was a deadline of just making lateral moves. Let's make a trade to just make a trade. Let's make a trade to show our fans we're making trade mm-hmm. instead of making sound, smart basketball decisions. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking on Aaron Gordon and that contract mm-hmm. for what exactly? Does he make? Does he? Does he? The question that Denver had to ask is: Does this move infinitely make you better? And I can argue it doesn't. Like it makes them a little bit better, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. But are they beating the Lakers? No. So I, yeah. I don't know. I got what you were saying, and I and I, and I, I agree. He's never been – he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to come out and average 20 even a game for that matter. But I think he adds some interior toughness, and if nothing else, it's another body that you can throw at AD. So if, if for that alone, I mean, Gary Harris, he spent a lot of time injured, and you got you got a lot of, a lot of those guards out there. 
in Denver that can do what he he did. You had an Aaron Gordon to me. That's just another big body that can get rebounds, that can you know get some putbacks, get some some baskets. Just another player um, for Joker to pass to. I I, I think he's going to be a nice, athletic, solid fit. You know what I'm saying? He he'll do what they had in um, what's the the, the Plumley brother. He was, he was quite similar, only an upgrade from that. And I, I think it's a nice move. I, I kind of like the the Aaron Gordon move. Um, so he's a hmm. better version. So he's a better version of Mason Plumley. Yes. but that's so. But that doesn't necessarily make you better. It doesn't make you better. I yeah. It does because they lost Mason Plumley. They lost that off the bench. They lost that. That's like I said. It's another body. If nothing else, to go against AD in in some size out west, they, okay. they need it. so it kind of helps. I mean, like I said, losing if they had to give up more than Gary Harris, uh, maybe I'd be a little skeptical. But they didn't really give up anything to get him like that. That was of substance, so I'm okay with that. I don't know if Mason, whatever that plumbly cleared, is a good comp for Aaron Gordon. There, um, you know, this isn't, you know, kind of a mad move for me. It wasn't in my least favorites. I was going to mention it. I know the Denver fans, if we have those, if they have those still um, in the chat, we're probably going to say something about it. But I wasn't really that moved by it. I think that you're trying to replace Jeremy Grant is the player that I think the real comp is. They were trying to yep. replace Jeremy Grant's defense and his ability to switch. And I think that they're betting on the upside of an Aaron Gordon to be able to deliver more of an athletic fold to their offense. Somebody that Joker can throw lobs to for real. Somebody who can, you know, that's in their repertoire. All these players on the team can catch a lob, but to have lobs in your offense is a whole different type of ordeal. Um, So I, I can see what Denver's trying to do. I just don't really love JaVale because I think LeBron made JaVale better than what JaVale really ever was. I think Steph and KD and Clay made him better than what he ever was. So maybe drop him down into maybe, what, three tiers lower than those guys with Jamal Murray and Jokic. Some will will say that Jokic is on that plane. I don't think he is. Um, But if you drop him down in that type of system, in that situation, I would be very curious to see if JaVale McGee can be as effective in winning basketball for Mike Malone as he was for Steve Kerr with all-time great teams and LeBron James and, you know, the all-time greatest, you know, player, in my opinion, right now. I like the move um, because they didn't give up shit for him. Like, you know, Gary Harris, I mean, R.J. Hampton and a a first-round pick that's protected. Mm -hmm. Like, Gary Harris, I think they had an overabundance of players that did the same thing that he 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 was doing, so That's I think true. that giving up him, you know, it was it was fine to get rid of him, and he can go to Orlando and just get stuck in in, in purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Aaron Gordon, for what they got in return for what his upside could be, if you're looking to beat a team like the Lakers, um, I think it's 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 worth taking that that risk. It's one of those situations where we talked about Vucevic earlier. Uh, Q, you brought up whether or not he's one of those players that puts up empty stacks on a bad team, and and we'll find that out. Like, are you able to take the talent that you have that we've seen when they draft you to be a franchise player, and can you can you mold that into something that contributes to a winning winning organization? Could you I, be the meat? Exactly. Exactly. Because I feel I feel Aaron Gordon. 
because in, in, in my opinion, guys like him and Zach Levine were supposed to take another step when they made that moment in mm-hmm. the dunk contest. I feel like mm-hmm. the NBA dropped the ball severely with not really branding around those guys, not on some like face of the league stuff, but feature the fact that you have two insane athletes who were coming up with dunks that we've never seen before on off freestyling. And I think that Aaron Gordon had that mentality of, yo, I could be this guy that gets all these cheers from my actual game. I'm working on my three point shot. And Denver is betting on that upside the same way I think Miami's betting on it. You know, you go, you go from a smaller market to a mid-market in Denver. Well, Denver's a huge market, in my opinion. Um, actually, factual. Um, they're, top, they're, they're a top eight market, right? So Denver, he goes to a, a large market. And I think that you got to bet on the ability for him to fill in that switchable three and hopefully D guy, you know, and just hope that it's not fool's gold. Another lateral move, uh, Manny, we, we, I think we were talking about this in the chat. If it wasn't you, if it was Nick. Um, another lateral move, I felt like, but maybe I'm wrong. And if the chat is killing me, let me know. But Portland, they trade, in my opinion, they, they traded Norman Powell Jr. for Norman Powell. And it's just like, yep. you know, like <laughs> absolutely. Like what, yep. what the hell are we talking about? You know, yeah. so somebody yeah. go. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Um, and, and, before I go on that, let me just go back to the Aaron Gordon thing. I'm not mm-hmm. saying Aaron Gordon doesn't help the Nuggets. I, I, I'd be stupid to say that. Right. I just feel like where the Nuggets are in their progression, I feel like the move that they make is a move that puts them over the edge. Right. That's like if, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna sell off some of your assets that you have, the overabundance of assets that you do have, that move is that okay. I'm making that Kawhi Leonard move. I'm making that move that okay. This is the move that puts me into another stratosphere. Aaron Gordon is not the guy that puts you in another stratosphere. That's just my my overall point. Um, as far as the, the the Blazer move, again, it just feels like another move where it was just a, a trade for the sake of making a trade. It's like I like Norman Powell a lot, but again, you can't you you just traded Gary Trent, which is like Norman Powell light for Norman Powell. Like so, I just why like. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't, again, it just didn't make sense. Like, to me, we all know what Portland's weakness is. Mm-hmm. They need defense. They need defense. They need defense on all facets of the game. They need defense in the interior. They need defense on the perimeter. And while Norman Powell is a is a capable defender, um, he's no more for offense than he is for his defense. So I, I just, again, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that move either, man. I, I just, I kind of question these moves. Like, what's the logic behind it? <laughs> well, can't, is it can we say that Norman Powell Powell is a better scorer than Gary Trent Jr. This season, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Rodney Hood, because I think if 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 yeah, he is he is an offensive player, and part of the problem with with Portland is that they they are a two headed monster. So uh, well, and then there's there's Melo. It's Melo, yeah. You know, you still need a, at least another guy that can go out at any moment. You know, light you up. And that's what Norman Powell can do. Like, you can't rely on him. But every once in a while, he'll get hot, you know, from three or just get hot in the game. And he can help reduce the offensive load on Lillard yeah. and, and McCollum. And, you know, he's better than Derrick Jones Jr. And some of these other guys, Nazir Little, yeah. Anthony Simmons. Yeah, so it is a lateral move. I do agree with you guys. But I think in terms of his overall ability and skill set, uh, compared, compared to what they gave away and got back in return, I think it's 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 not a that bad of a move. 
It's so. not. And, and you and, and like you said, you, you make some good points. They do need some some more consistency of some other guys that can off that can that can that can go off on any given night. I just feel like for me for Portland, Portland their offense isn't the problem. That's the issue. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's just that's just you're doubling down on something that's already your strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just improved it by a little bit, right? Like you just adding Norman Powell to a team mm-hmm. that's already a very good offensive team. So to me, why not go out and get a guy who could be a defensive anchor? Why not yeah. go out and get They're a, to a sign defensive him, right? Uh, Powell, he's a free yeah. agent, right? Yeah, he's a restricted yeah. free free agent. So I mean, I guess you go and have to sign him and. From an organizational standpoint, perhaps Portland is thinking long view, maybe the next 18 months, Carl Anthony Towns can be on, on the table. And then you're looking at CJ Norman Powell and what some young guys hopefully going to Minnesota. That's just what I'm thinking on some inklings. But in terms of right now, I guess they're betting on Norman Powell with top three, three point percentage in the NBA, or at least top three makes. Um, that's incredible. He, he's hooping this season. He's balling. He can yeah, he's he a baller. He's a baller. Like, yeah. it's no, it's no knock on the players. For, no, for, for sure. I'm the one who's who's. I'm the one who said it was mid, but but because that's only <laughs> because I'm judging the GMs from. I got you. Are, are you going from? Are you going for home runs? Or are you going for first base? Yeah, yeah, I got you. You know, I I think yeah. I mean, in terms of grading the GMs and the moves, I think that's you know a good perspective to look at, like. Again, I think I look at the pieces that they gave up in return for what they could potentially get in the playoffs. And, you know, Rodney Hood ain't doing shit anymore. And Gary Trent Jr., you know, is is whatever. But Norman Powell, was it, wasn't he on the damn, um, didn't he win a ring with them? Oh, Norman Powell, Powell? Yeah. Norman Powell yeah, has a ring. Yes. Yeah. yes, he did. Yeah. yeah, he a champion. Yeah, so he brings, you know, he brings some championship experience if you want that's a great that. point yeah so i think if if you look at the 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 um the pluses that that portland could gain in terms of uh, with norman power versus what they get they i mean they got rid of dead weight you know at least norman power could probably come in and contribute right away mm-hmm. but i do agree it is a lateral move it's not it's not going to help them in the long run but mm-hmm. you know speaking of portland uh <laughs> Lillard just got fouled on a three-point attempt and hit all three. So he came <laughs> through in the clutch again. <laughs> wow. It was a step back, too, and, and old boy got him on the arm. His MVP he's still different, Patrick. man. He's climbing that different. MVP ladder, man. He's climbing it's that. still different, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy how people just it, – it took this long for people to really appreciate what this brother He's a hooper, does, man. man. But, he, but like FIFO say, man, he, he needs a big – he needs a big. Yeah, he needs a big man, and, that, and again, that's like that's like where I'm coming from with this. It's like again, you're in a position where you can actually improve your team significantly. It has to be a significant move. You know, what I'm saying I'm not saying go out there and get crazy, but just go out there and say, okay, I'm making a trade that's going to infinitely make me better. You know, and that's the question that you have to answer. And I don't think any of these GMs can realistically look at themselves and say, "Yep, I got significantly better. I am much better today." Than I was, you know, 24 hours ago. I don't, you know, uh, I, I just don't maybe think Pat Riley, Riley. And maybe, maybe a Pat, yeah, Pat Riley yeah. can say that. Maybe Pat and maybe Pat the Denver Jim. I think that the deals that were made was the ones that you couldn't make. I mean, I, I don't think that there was too many home runs available to hit. You know what I'm saying? At the trade deadline, it's about 
just tipping the scale sometimes. And sometimes it's about just improving you just enough to where you can make up some of those deficiencies. Some moves are, you know, predecessors to the next move. So, you know, I think that some teams got better uh, in the trades. I think that a lot of them were lopsided trades. I don't understand some of the sellers market. Yeah. I just don't get it. What they got in return was not worth what they were giving up. They were just trading to trade. They were just yeah, trading yeah. to trade. I, I, I guess in some cases, like like maybe Houston, for example, I try to make sense of it. I don't think it does, but maybe with getting into Avery Bradley, they're looking to sell him sometime down the down the road. Kelly uh Olenek, same thing. We're gonna turn around and flip him down the road. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think of. And and that and, flip, then, and that's because GMs are either cap conscious, GMs are incompetent, GMs are planners, or they're just reactionary. You got like those type of GMs. I think that obviously when we get to the topic, but Denver and Miami, those are the only GMs I think feel really yep. on, on the upside of like, you know what, mm-hmm. if this goes right, I think we could be clicking because we're thinking about the, the like a LaMarcus Aldridge buyout market. The buyout mm-hmm. market is going to be pretty. Drummond. I think it's, yeah, you have a buyout right. market. Yeah, come on. Like that, like the buyout market is going to be something that a team could just bring that one final piece in. And I think Miami's looking at LaMarcus Aldridge and I think that you got a GM and Pat Riley, who understands that, yo, we took the Lakers when they were at full strength, six games. If Victor Oladipo can give us 80% of what he was, like, really, if Jimmy Butler can give us just 90% of that performance, if Bam takes another step, if we can get Aldridge to expel minutes or put beside Bam, like, this, I I think they look good. I think Denver also has to have the same mentality. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I said on on Twitter, man. Like, if imagine if Oladipo was on that team last year, you know, yeah, it could have yeah. at least went seven, possibly win it, because you never know what happens in a game seven. Mm-hmm. So that was a, especially with what they gave up. I mean, that that's Nothing. a really good trade for yeah. for him. Um, I think and it's a place um, he wanted to be, and it's a place he wanted to be. So it, yeah, it, it, it worked. So it adds to that that he wants to be there too. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I think she, everything that y'all are saying is cool. Is is cool. I, I actually think Drummond is the move that I think like if somebody gets Drummond, especially a contender, like the, 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 the contender that gets Drummond, that's the type of move that I go like, oh, okay. That's like like if like let's say Boston got you know Andre Drummond. Okay, that's a move that all right, it takes drum it takes Boston to another level because that's the perfect fit. That's the move that they need, they've needed a big man inside since KG. Damn near, it feels like. I mean, they just they've needed someone inside that attracts attention, that can just play defense, can be that defensive anchor, and he would be that guy. And a lot of teams that could use, you know, the Lakers if they got Drummond would would change the dynamic of the equation. So, that, that, I guess that's why I feel like this trade down was a little bit of a dud because the guys that I felt like were the impact guys, like Alonzo. Like, imagine if Alonzo goes to the Clippers. That's a move that all right, it takes the Clippers from okay, they were all right straight to okay, this that, is different. Yeah. Yeah, so that's but why I felt like Yeah, I feel you, but we also got to look at like we're talking about some of these big names like what do you have to give up to get them too? So well, I feel like a lot of GMs overvalue overvalue some of their names too. Like for instance, like Kyle Larry, like I think Toronto made a mistake, like they overvalued his worth, like, you know, cuz if you read Real. the Healy's, Toronto Toronto was out here overvaluing Kyle Larry. Like at this point you're doing Kyle Larry a favor. You're not well, trying Masai's to not going to make a bad trade. And I think that that he falls into, you know, just one of those like 
he's a planner. Like, I think that he's one of those guys who is looking at Lowry in the same way that that maybe the Pelicans finally looked at Lonzo like, wait, let's not just make a move here to make a move. Let's make somebody come and get these guys with something that we can actually get a return on. You know what I mean? It's something that is going to give us dividends down the line. And the Sixers were in talks, and I was going to put the Sixers in a good move. But George Hill's a good backup, but I wanted Lowry because I felt like that was the move for us to make that that would have made us, in my opinion, win the deadline because all these other teams are elevating and elevating and elevating, and we're hoping that Joel and B can come back and be good. And I don't think that I don't think that Daryl Morey should have sat on his laurels, but I also understand with the same motive that uh, Manny's talking about. You don't want to just overpay because in the summertime, some of these guys might be available for less or you can, you know, a lot of guys feel they're different on draft night. A lot of GMs feel froggy on, on draft night where it's like, oh, new commodities, new draft picks. And let's just get off of these old talents. You know what I mean? So maybe we'll see what happens with Lowry then, but I get it. You know, uh, so there's a thing like in in day and swing trading where they say sometimes the best trade is no trade, right? Mm -hmm. And and kind of that's what you were alluding to, Q, is that, you know, the Lonzo Ball, why trade just to trade? You know, with Lowry, why trade just to trade? Just, Mm -hmm. you know, I think those moves could be smart for those teams. Um, I want to ask Chicago whether or not we like the move or not, but I think that GM of Chicago – Think he did it. He he he. Um, think he did a good job today by getting Vucevic. Um, so I think I want to add him to 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 the list as well. Yeah. Um, also, I think that there's something that I've noticed uh, that's that may be a new trend, and it's 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 the buyout market. So let's take Andre Drummond, and let's take Lamarcus Aldridge. Right, two guys that can clearly play, um, and they were up for a trade, but nobody picked them up. And now they could potentially or will go to the bot market. And I'm wondering, could this become like the new thing, depending on certain players? I know a lot of other players have more value than others, so it's a lot easier to make a trade depending on what, you know, the team is willing to give up. But for guys like Drummond and Aldrit, if if you're a team that wants to get him, you could potentially wait that out and get him in the bio yeah. market and just go shopping. So this is going to be interesting to watch. It depends. It, de- it depends. Every situation is different. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, it's a new trend per se, because I think every year is different. Every player, every situation is different. Um, I, I think this year was a unique one with, with Drummond and, and Aldridge. I mean, so I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily something that we're going to see, you know, you know, every year going forward, but yeah, I mean, I think that I think that is I think it is at least a factor in when you're discussing a trade deadline. Like, yeah, let's see if we can wait a team out. You know, maybe like for instance, a Kyle Lowry. Like, if Toronto is is essentially asking for too much for a Kyle Lowry, you know, what I'm saying you 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 uh, you you pretty much just put yourself in a situation. Where I'm like, all right, we're just going to play the waiting game. We're going to play the waiting game and not overspend and just get this guy for free or just get this guy for just mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, no, and this is, and this is, I think we should go to, you want to go to the topic now, Ken, or you want to? Yeah, yeah, oh, go ahead. We got, we got another super chat real quick. Uh, we just got one from Connor Pearson Ward. We appreciate you, Connor. Connor said, I personally think Portland lost their trade due to the fact that Trent Jr. is the same player as Powell, but he's five years younger. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, what what they saying in the chat regarding their favorite trades? Like, what's everybody's consensus right now? I haven't seen any favorites. I just saw a lot of them where they they said they didn't like them. Where because I feel they, like that's been the attitude. Yeah, that yeah, they they agree with me though. The only thing, Manny, um, I disagree with the fact that he said that Drummond. I don't think Drummond's going to be that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not. That, I mean, he's he's a great really? player. Don't, um, but I I don't think in the in the free agent I mean in the um I don't think he's the person to push the team over the the edge right now. Maybe if we were in the off season going into the next season, but I think mid season when you get some of those players that are like that, them coming in and having to shift gears, it doesn't always go quite as smoothly as some of the 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 middle level players. If that makes sense, like I said, if you take an Aaron Gordon and you put him on a team like that, it's easier for him to fit in than to take somebody who may have been his team leading scorer and rebounder and put him on a new team and expect him to fit in, if that makes sense. So a lot I see of what you're players, saying. It's kind of hard to do it in midseason. So like coming in midseason and like slapping him, say you slap him with the Celtics. That's mm-hmm. an awkward transition for a player like Drummond who's used to kind of being the man to go to be in. Now you, you're the third, maybe fourth option on the team. Mm-hmm. So his impact may not be as great as, say, somebody going in who was already a third or fourth option to be the same thing for another team, just stepping up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of, those are kind of the moves I look for at the trade deadline. Now free agency is a different story. Like I said, mm-hmm. when you got an off season to come in and it's like, okay, these are the rules. This is what we're trying to accomplish with you. And you got time to work on that. Mm-hmm. That makes a better transition than mid, like a mid season stroke. I don't know, man. I, I think Drummond on the Lakers, just off his yeah. what we've seen him do in Detroit, that that that's a that's a huge addition because he's not he, he's just he's just a, like fucking Dwight Howard, you know. He's just gonna grab rebounds, you know, dunk, catch a couple of lobs here and there. Put him with LeBron, that's gonna make them like extremely dangerous. You know, he's not a franchise guy. He's not a go to guy that right. you know teams eventually that tried to make him out to be. But you fit him right in with that with that team, and they need a five. He could be a huge difference for the Lakers. Now, maybe not as much for Boston, you know, because I don't know if if he would fit what Danny what what Brad Stevens like to do. But um, but still, he's a he's a a young, athletic guy that could definitely um fill a void that 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 they currently have right now. Especially compared to all the other bigs that lost to have on that team, so nah, he's not going to come in and change the franchise to be a third score or anything like that. But just doing what Andre Drummond does best, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. That, that you just, you just really, you just, you really, and the Lakers would be a, a good move, and I agree with that. Yeah. And the reason being is, it's easier to sell LeBron than you know anything else. You know, you tell somebody to come in. They already know their their place in the hierarchy when you deal with LeBron. Right, but, he played in Detroit for you all, all those damn years. He ain't trying to go back to yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. I think L.A. or Brooklyn, yeah. man, those are we'll those, those are the two cities. A contender, yeah. uh, mainly just a contender. Well, I think, yeah, I think the only gonna, two real ones that need him, honestly. But but I can't I can't quite say that though because some of these guys still have higher expectations of themselves and higher thought processes of themselves than they do anything else. He may think he's the difference. So, like, send me to this place and send me to that place because I'm going to be the man. You know what I'm saying? Some people think – Well, like Drummond is wrong. 
Yeah, yeah. Wrong. I, 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 but you, know, you think about how many players think that way. We just saw it the other day with Draymond thinking he's the greatest defender of all. I mean, people think sometimes that they're bigger than what they are, and they think that they're yeah. different, and it's hard to get them to buy in. So hopefully he's the type that will buy in somewhere and accept the role, but some of these guys ain't willing to do that. He still thinks he's a franchise player. And if, if he has that mentality, it's going to kind of be hard to say, come in once you get rebounds and get putbacks and, and keep it moving. Nah, man, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a 2010 guy in his brain. That's what he is. I'm, I'm, I'm an all-star. I need to be, you know, doing that. So it just depends on the player and if they're mature enough to handle that and say, that's what I want to do. But I don't think he's been in the league long enough to say championship or bust. I want to win right now. If he wants to problems. go to the Knicks, if he goes to the Knicks, if he goes to the Nets, and if he goes to the Lakers, I think that the Nets need him because of just, you know, Joel Embiid and the, you know, quote-unquote, the, the Jokic's and the, you know, Go Bears. Those are the two that you really want to oppose if you're going to, you know, go into the finals or you're going to go against AD, obviously. And mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to the Lakers, you still would be able to get a spot there. You'll be able to filling minutes there when AD doesn't want to play the five. Um, but the Knicks is the interesting one because it falls into what you're saying. If he wants to bet on himself and try to get a, another, you know, you know, a hundred and some million dollar contract or whatever, he might take a flyer there and make them resign him. And, but I think he'll end up going to the Lakers, man. I think that he wants to just prove himself and then get a ring and he'll, he can prove himself by getting a ring and get that deal. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to go play for the Knicks to go get another big contract. We'll be back after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Got another super chat. Um, this one's from Brennan Irvin. Appreciate you, Brennan. Who was the biggest loser in the trade deadline? Uh, the Magic or the Rockets? Ooh, Rockets. Rockets. Rockets have Rockets. lost all damn year, yo. Yeah. I would say Rockets. I would say Magic, and the only reason I would say the Magic is because what what all did the Rockets give up at the trade deadline? We just talking trade deadline. Oladipo. Yeah, the Magic won because of addition by subtraction, man. The Magic had to blow it up. They're not going anywhere with this core group of guys that they've been trotting out there for the last five years and mm-hmm. barely making an AC. To me, the Magic just had to clean house and just restart. They um, did, but, so I think, but, 
But in the restart, they should have gotten more back from what they gave up. They they didn't get yeah. anything back. Ideally, but look at again, look at look at the guys you're trading. I mean, unless you're telling me you're trading guys of just high impact, you know what I'm saying? Again, I think we both I think we both have different opinions of, of Lucevic and, and Gordon. You know, Orlando wasn't trading Penny Hardaway in their prime in his prime. You know, the Orlando wasn't trading Shaq in his prime. Like they're trading Vucevic and Aaron Gordon, two very good players, but guys that aren't exactly, you know, you're not going to have teams lined up to just basically give you, you know, the, the top five pick in the draft with it. You know what I mean? So I think Orlando, I, I give Orlando a pass because I think Orlando just decided finally to just to hit the restart. But Houston, on the other hand, you you gave up for however you may think and what I feel about James Harden. There's no denying James Harden's ability and talent. You give up a James Harden and all you have to show for it is just a bunch of dudes and Absolutely. some low end and some low end picks that you're just hoping and praying that the Nets have a bad year that could become maybe a top ten pick. Like, it, it, yeah, I, I just think Rockets lost all the way, man. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm not saying that like a hundred percent. Can't do. All right, Q. Let's yeah, go into the, the next one. Let's yeah, get yeah, it. All right. So when it comes to Another one that I wanted to pose to the council is we need to have a come to Jesus moment with two GMs and two coaches. And I think that we can have a comparison. We can, you know, go, you know, and compare the two teams and the two situations. And I think that the twin franchises in very similar spots right now, regardless of whether people want to see it or not, Boston and New Orleans. I believe that they are in very similar situations. I believe that they have very similar problems. I think that you can look at the fact that they did not trade Lonzo Ball today from a multitude of perspectives, but their GM, their coach, David Griffin, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, it's one of of those Van Gundys. I can't remember their names. So Stan the man. Ron Jeremy. Ken, you said er, er, earlier that JJ, you know, may not have voiced his display. Yes, he did. He voiced it. He said at the very beginning of the season, he was like, I can't wait. He was all sarcastic. And everyone thought he was joking. He was dead ass serious. He was like, I can't wait to go run 100 wind sprints like it's 1998 basketball practice. For real, though. And oh, wow. that's why that's why Stan Van Gundy does not connect with his youth movement. And you can see the type of basketball that they're running that they don't know what team yep. it is. And you can look at David Griffin, the moves that he's put around. Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, these contracts that you are giving out to people that you could have paid Christian Wood all those mon- all less money to do what you want Stephen Adams to do. And that can actually give you way more of a stretch big. You sign Eric Bledsoe when you have Lonzo Ball. That is so redundant. It makes no sense. And then I think that in the same vein, in a different city, you have Jason Tatum and you have Jalen Brown. It, it may look prettier. The pig may have better makeup on him, but it's still a pig, motherfucker. Like, yeah, it still is. And when you look at Danny Ainge's moves, we talked about it in the last show. Where do we sit, fellas, in terms of these championship windows? Are these GMs and coaches, are they the ones who are going to take them to the finish line? Who has to go on which situation and which team would you rather have? Somebody, anybody? Um. That's an interesting topic. Um, that's a good one. I will say, I still think, I still think Boston's in a better situation right now, today, today, like just speaking today, short term. 
Um, just because I still think, I still believe that Boston, once they get Marcus Smart back, you know, they get a little healthier. I think they can still make a run. And maybe that's fool's goal. They, I, 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 I totally admit that maybe that's fool's goal. But I still think Boston still has championship aspirations. Um, you know, I think there's just some problems there. I don't, I don't know what it is with that team, man, but they've been disappointing for the last two or three years, man. Does it rhyme like with mad even? <laughs> is that, <laughs> is Yo, that one know, of the problems? I, I think he could be one of the problems. Yeah, I've been a defender of Brad Stevens, but yo, you know, for all the bouquets, for all the flowers, man, you haven't gotten to a finals and you've underachieved with what's been a very talented team. You know what I'm saying? You can't blame Kyrie anymore. You know, he's not the problem anymore. He's not in that locker room anymore. You can't blame him anymore. So, yeah, I, look, I, I get I get what you're saying. I still think New Orleans is a young team still trying to figure it out. So I'm willing to give them more of the benefit of the doubt. They're still young in their maturation and their progression. I mean, Zion's only in year two. So I'm still not ready to go out and kill New Orleans just yet. Um, but I think but I think Boston right now is 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 still in a better situation because Boston can turn. Boston's a five or six game winning streak away from turning things around and being in a better situation. And plus, they, they play in the uh, East. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge. They they're in the East, and I, I just think that Boston is in a better situation because of the market that they're in going forward. Anyway, a free agent will go to Boston before they go to New Orleans because Zion is out of there as soon as he as soon as he can. Come on, and. It's just, it's just like you said, the redundancy of having Bledsoe and uh, Lonzo on the same squad. It, it's just not a, it's not a pretty team right now. It's just, it's, it's no direction, yeah. and they, they really just. I mean, I'm not happy with either team right now, but if I had to take my pick, like, like uh, you just said, man, they're, they're, you know, they're they're win streak away from from being serious contenders again. Yeah. And bringing in Fournier, we'll, we'll see if that – I think it's going to help. I, I think that's going to be a, a nice little addition. <laughs> I really do. I, I really think that that's something – like I said, I said it before, that that's what they needed. I, I think that with that, it's going to help Boston. And, and no, Brad Stevens is not helping at this point. And he should be out after this year if they mm. don't advance past the second round. I, I think he should be gone. That's I agree fun. with that, actually. I agree with that, actually. That's one I think, two votes I think, for Brad. I, I do think Brad Stevens, if he doesn't get it done this year, I think you definitely have to consider making a coaching change because if nothing else, change the voice in the room. You know what right. I'm saying? Maybe maybe a different voice, maybe a different perspective might do it. Mm-hmm. Not going mean, to happen. I mean, they should bring Kyrie in the coach since he said that he, you know what I mean, he did that anyway. <laughs> so bring Kyrie in. He seemed to get it right. But, I, you know, I, I want to ask you, Ken, is it on – you know, Danny Ainge, like, can we get, like, these GMs, Griffin and Ainge, have been, in my opinion, held up on pedestals for so long. Mm-hmm. When it's like, fam, you get number one draft pick after number one draft pick because the league feels sorry for you. And that's just, and and you're, and you're at a point where you get Wiggins, you get Anthony Bennett, you fall into LeBron wanting to come home because Dwayne Wade's knees fell apart. That's the reason why he left. Don't get it twisted. Right. He didn't leave. He didn't leave because Cleveland was calling him home. We we already know what time it is. Right. LeBron is a master spin, and he's he's great. And he brought you a championship. And then you proceed to go to clean up Dell Demps' mess. That that's what it was framed as. And then you 
then move on to doing the exact same thing that they did with AD that you're doing design on. You put a bunch of redundant, middle-of-the-pack pieces. I'm not naming names. I think they have some young talent. But in terms of these twin cities, I'm seeing a lot of symmetry in what is wrong with their is wrong with their makeup. You go get Jeff Teague to support Jeff, Kemba Walker. He's been come on, fam. Like you go get a guy in Pritchard who's been hooping, but he's been mm-hmm. like really your fourth, fifth best player. Marcus Smart has been hurt. Tristan Thompson doesn't want to be there. He's too busy in LA with the Kardashians. And this is Danny Ainge's work. Brad Stevens has not been able to make personalities mesh. Stan Van Gundy has a reputation of being a classful coach with personalities. So these, somebody has, has to be held accountable here. It can't just be, damn, Brandon Ingram ain't hooping. Damn, Zion is too overweight. No, nah, I mean, y'all got to put some teams around these, 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 these guys. And J.J. Reddick can't get shots? Come on. Um, Tristan, he, he's, he went there as a free agent, right? Yes. Oh, now he don't want to be there. Okay. Um, Here's the thing, man. So David Griffin may have received a lot of hype for what he did when he was in Cleveland. Um, He made some solid moves, but, um, and, you know, it somewhat worked out, but people can argue that LeBron was the orchestrator of of that as well. And people say that all the time. I'm gonna. I'm going to. I'm going So I'm. I'm kind of on the fence about David Griffin, mainly because he just got there. But based on what he's done so far, bringing in Stan Van Gundy, uh, bringing in Eric Bledsoe, like what have the two of them discussed in terms of the future for this team? So maybe you brought in Bledsoe because your intentions all along was to get rid of Lonzo Ball. Because you didn't want to pay him in the, you know, uh, in the off season. You know, he's asking for 20 mil and you, you, you're not trying to do that. So you feel like let's just have Zion bring the ball up, uh, 0.5, 0.4, whatever, or, and, um, and maybe, you know, Bledsoe would relieve him here and there. And then you can trade Lazo. So now if you're Lazo, you're kind of pissed off about that. Who knows what Lonzo and JJ have been talking about? You're already talking about the clashes. So Stan and David Griffin have already fucked up a good thing. So there's that. So we got to see what they do in the offseason because that's going to say everything. In terms of Boston, though, they are in serious, serious trouble. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, I have been uh, a critic of Danny H while others have praised them because they saw a lot of draft assets that he had, picks, collateral, whatever you want to call them. And I saw them turn into a bunch of nothing because you got to get the picks right. You got Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, but they basically do the same damn thing if you really, if you really want to look at it. Um, and then what happened with Jalen Brown? If Jalen Brown thinks he's as good as Jason Tatum, so then you got that. So... Marcus Smart works well because he's a workman. He fits right in. He does all the dirty stuff. But um, them egos, man, can get the best of you. And I think that when things are going great, everything is 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 gold. But now they're going through some adversity, and they better be lucky as hell that Kyrie's not there, or it will be hell to pay. But it's so so far there hasn't been a reversal of the trend. 
And I think with the lackluster talent they have there, there's only so much two guys can do to bring them over the top. And we're starting to see that. And, you know, I know people are praising Fournier, and I like him. He can play. He can shoot the ball. Uh, I know there's high praise for Cornette, this other guy that they got. Mm-hmm. But if there's some disunity, if there's some dysfunction in that locker room, it's not going to work. There's two locker and, rooms. Yeah, and, and, and Brad Stevens already called him out the team. So yeah. that's not good. When the coach start calling out the players publicly, mm-hmm. that, that starts to tell me something. Yep. They're yep. in trouble, bro. Yep. And I can see it, man. It's just like a lot of people who go to the games, the reporters from Boston, the reporters on the Pelican side, you can see on one side, the Pelicans, they can get up and down the court. But in some moments, you see a lot of like, you know, tension with this with the Boston Celtics. It's just, all right, Kemba, you you try now. All right. Uh, Jay, Tatum's hot t- tonight. You you go. It's not. You know what it is? I'm going to give you this. It's like Bizarro World Brooklyn Nets. In mm. Boston, where you have Kemba, who is like Bizarro World Kyrie with, you know what I'm saying, like tendonitis in his Achilles and his knees are shot. You have, you know what I'm saying, wannabe KD. And this is not shots at them. I'm just letting you know. Um, one, you, have one, one, you have like a wannabe KD with Tatum. And then you got, you know what I'm saying, Jalen Brown, who wants to do all this whoop de whoop between his legs now. Like he got handles. And I'm like, all right, well, he can hoop. And all these guys are good at what they do. And some of them would even say that they're even superstars on the rise in terms of Tatum and uh, mm-hmm. Brown and Brown. But I don't see the system in place, nor do I see the auxiliary pieces around them that are going to accentuate their skill set. To me, Jalen Brown is not the guy that you want handling the ball. I think he's I think he's Norman Powell's role in, in Toronto on steroids. I think he could be a superstar mm-hmm. doing that you know, more in the Kawhi mold of how Popovich used him. I think Tatum needs to be used in off-ball action, and I think he needs to get in the flow more instead of just wanting to pound the ball. But he's a pounder by, you know what I'm saying, nature. But I think that he needs to get more with the coach who tells him, no, we need you to move. And Kemba is a liability. I'm seeing redundancy, Ken. Like, you're, 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 I think you have a great point. But if you're Zion and you're David Griffin and you're talking – I want you to have the ball, son. And that's why I'm going to go get Steven Adams and sit his big ass in the paint and take yep. up the whole what, – what, what does that have? Like, how do, you, how do you brand yourself as being we're going to build around Zion and then do the exact same mistakes that led you to trading Anthony Davis? These See, this is why there are reactionary GMs, there are planning GMs, there are GMs that are very calculated. But there's about eight teams in the NBA that are – just continuing to make dumb trades, as they say. And that's why you're always going to have a buyout market. It's why you're always going to have a team that is in the mix to get that one piece because teams will overpay and teams will give contracts to the guys who are incoherent with their roster. I think we got to watch Brandon Ingram, too, because last year when Zion was ascending and became the talk of the town, you know, his body language didn't look great. Yep. I think uh, he's settled into what they like to do now. And he's clear, clearly the alpha dog on that team, uh, especially down the stretch. Um, but he sees himself as the man. And if David Griffin and the NBA are going to start selling Zion, that could cause some problems there as well. Like when, when the three of them got, got together, we thought we were about to see like uh, a, a great show night in and night out. 
And Stan and David came in there and they're basically taking that all apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so who like Ball and Zion, like they have great chemistry. Why would you mess with that? It makes absolutely no sense. We saw it in spurts. You just need the right coach to come in and just fine tune and get it working and and build and develop and mentor these guys. But when you look at Boston, though, if we deconstruct what has occurred over the last or we just go back in history and look at what has occurred over the last couple of years, Uh you know, um, you have Kyrie. Kyrie gets hurt. You win all the games without Kyrie. You think you're better than Kyrie. Um, Kyrie comes back, then he gets hurt again, then you don't win. Um, then after that, uh, you trade Kyrie. Kyrie's out of there because you think you're better than Kyrie. And I was on that wave. They were ultimately better than Kyrie. Kyrie caused a lot of this uh, team, just, you know, a lot of dysfunction in the locker room. That just, it was just a fact. Um, right. And I called it out early on this show before anybody else, um, including the mainstream media. Um, but yet, you, you, you. Um, I think maybe Kemba came there. Somebody came there, and then LeBron leaves, and now you're like, man, this is our shot. We're gonna go to the. We're gonna. We, we get a chance. The, the king has left, and we're gonna get a chance to go to the finals. And then mm-hmm. you get bounced out, like back to back, without him there, when you were supposed to seize on that opportunity. Um, Giannis put you out, I think. Right? Yep. Yeah. One year. Think, yep. Yep. And then uh, Miami put you out. Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, so that's three times this godlike coach hasn't been able to get over the hump. It's one thing to lose to LeBron because everybody's lost to LeBron in the East. Right. But when he goes and you still lose and, and, and you see the Raptors go win a fucking title. And then you see Miami get to the That's final. That's the key. That's the key Bro, right there, Cam. Because it's like Danny Ainge refused to make the move. You know what I mean? Like Danny Ainge refused to make the move. Whether it is, you know what? Let's see what we can do with Jimmy Butler as you know the third guy here. You know what? Let's let's plunge on a Kawhi Leonard right now. You know what? Let's get AD for one year. And the you know right. the, you know the Boston logic of certain fans was. And a lot of fans feel this way when this type of scenario comes up is, you know, what? we only get him for one year and then he'll leave. And what's the point of that? You know what? I believe GMs who think like that. I think you're in the past. I don't think that GMs who talk like that and fans who talk like that. I don't think you're looking at the landscape of what this NBA is now. These guys are not married to y'all teams no more. Just because they sign a four-year, five-year deal. They are not there for those five years if they get unhappy. In one second, they can go. So this terrain of the NBA and these players being able to exercise their ability to leave and predict their destinies now, it, to me, it's ignorant of Danny Ainge to say, I'm not going to trade my great treasure trove of second-round picks and late firsts for Anthony Davis because he might leave. What the hell do you think you – where Where the fuck you think you at, Danny Ainge? You know, and that's just and that's just my mentality when looking at him because let's say Anthony Davis takes you to the finals and he's like, you know what, bro, I love the city here. I love to hear, you know what, I'm going to run it back. There's a like a 20, 10% chance he, he would have did that, but at least you went to the finals. That's the that's money in your GM. You know what I mean? That's right. money in your nope. owner's pocket. That's what this shit is all about. So when people get getting fucked up, you're doing the same shit with Zion. You're you're taking away the ability for that team to be built around a mega star, an actual attraction for people to come and see. 
But instead, they're clogging the lane. They're doing redundant moves with point guards that all need the ball. If I'm being real with you, the real move is send Brandon Ingram to Charlotte for Rozier and let Lonzo walk. And that's the move you got to make, in my opinion. And Bro, the highlight of, of the Boston Celtics uh, of the last few years for the Boston Celtics was Jason Tatum dunking on Ron. Come on, bro. Like Hayward, I mean, Hayward injures himself within the first four that's minutes. That's kind of it. <laughs> Come on. And they're going to turn around. They could turn around and sell that as an NFT. You know, <laughs> make some money. <laughs> that's a that's going to be a top shot. Come on now. Yeah, it's going to be an NBA top shot. <laughs> nah, man. Well, well, you know, who who did Gordon vote for? But that's a whole other thing. I don't know. But when, but when it comes to, you know, Boston and – New Orleans, we all should be monitoring this, man, because I think that this is a ushering in of a new landscape, y'all. It's it's a, it's a new landscape where this trade deadline solidifies to me that a lot of GMs don't understand that this is a new NBA. Y'all are talking about overvaluing certain people, and I and I agree that there is a such a certain line to overvalue, but to me, commodity in the NBA has been shortened in terms of your retention. Nobody has the marriage to these players anymore. Nobody's a lifer anymore. So if you feel like you are right there for the move, yeah, maybe you do overpay because you're a mid-level team and this is your moment where, damn, this guy's hurt, LeBron's hurt, Embiid's hurt, AD's hurt, KD's hurt. Let's go for something. Let's trade for this guy. Let's overspend. And I think that some GMs should do that. And Danny Ainge has been a guy who's failed to do that. Yeah, he, you know, he, he he's been overhyped. I mean, look at look at Pat Riley. I mean, he's a great example. Mm-hmm. You know, he uh won with with Wade, won with LeBron and went to the finals with fucking Jimmy Butler, bro. Everybody wants to go play there. Like people love like the things that he do and that's a great re- greatly ran organization. Mm-hmm. And then you look at when you compare that to other organizations, you kind of see where they fall short. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, you know, I think uh, I ain't, ain't gonna say it yet. I'm gonna just watch and see. But to me, Jerry West is on watch. You know, I know a lot of people praise him, but you know, I, I still got to see what 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 he does with with the Clippers. You know, his mentorship with the Clippers. You, you, you so you saying this weekend at Jerry's? <laughs> hey man, I'm just hey. Damn. Rondo was a good move. If 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 the Rondo moves turns into a title, then. Salute to that brother, um, but you know, I, I don't know. I think this, this, I think he got a lot of props and praise for for the Kawhi move um, that basically turned into nothing. Uh, but you know, we'll see. But yeah, I, I totally agree, man. I, I um, I've been highly critical of Danny Danny Ainge uh, for a minute. I've been complimentary of of David Griffin. I thought he's done a good job, but I just not what what he's done. So far in in New Orleans, man, and um and we'll see how that that turns out. But it's it's not a good start. I mean, Stan Van Gundy, of all people, Tyron Lue is right there, and I just I just don't understand it. I think that the larger conversation here, while we couched it in these two cities and these two teams, and he just, fired. Uh, don't forget, he got rid of. Uh, didn't he get rid of Tyron Lue? Yeah, they, I can't. Yeah. Yep. I think he was still he, 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 he dismissed him. Yeah, he, he did in Cleveland. Exactly. It's it's just it's just one of those things. <clears throat> it's just a larger conversation about do the GMs recognize the changing tide, man? You got to know the when to hold them and when to fold them in terms of your draft picks, your draft stash, 
And then sometimes you got to be very self-aware of your window. You can't just think that, you know what, we're going to sign Gordon Hayward. Because I'll say this as my closing statement on Boston. I, I know as a Sixers fan, this might come across as pure hate, all I'm saying. But it really is out of me wanting to see uh, Tatum and Brown actually do very well because I'm tired of seeing them getting bounced out. Um, when you look at your window, and Danny Ainge wanted it to be perfect. He wanted it to be the pretty championship. He wanted it to be the headline blockbuster. Danny Ainge fleeces Chicago for Jimmy Butler. He trades a second round pick and he requires, Danny, you know what I mean? He wanted it to be the big three all over again. If they got who for how much, you know what I mean? And it, that, that's what he wanted, the fairy tale blockbuster, you know what I'm saying? But that's not how it goes in this day and age anymore. Sometimes it is going to be the Kawhi. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, your friends with another superstar and they just link up. It's it's this is what it is. It might be, you know what? I don't like where I'm at. I'm in three years in my contract of my five years. I still want to come and play with y'all. I'm going to do it. This is where we're at now. And people in GMs need to be cognizant of that and, and value their draft picks and value their young talent accordingly because potential can get your ass fired. Yeah. And, and the media is doing it already. Uh, Kendra Perkins is already uh, throwing out his damn phrasings talking about he's trading used cars for escalates and shit like that. <laughs> so the media is already boosting up Danny Ainge um, trade moves. Uh, so I, I don't know who's, pocket he he's lining but i think and we we've said this um in regards to the nfl uh as well is that we do need to start holding gms accountable and we need to start evaluating what they're doing because they just get by bro and and they get by with with few criticisms when they have done horrible jobs and you know a lot of most of the blame goes goes to coaches and it also goes to the players mm. And um, and the GMs are the ones that that's making all of that happen. So if, if they're the ones that's at the top making decisions, then they need to be their names need to be called out. We need to be saying Danny Ainge and Danny Griffin mm-hmm. and whoever's up in Houston. The, the GM in Houston should be fired tomorrow. Or what he his did. name? I need to get his name right you know, now. So because it's just terrible. The tra- you yeah. traded. Oh my god! It just it just makes absolutely no sense what they did. Mind boggling! Uh, it's mind boggling. Raphael Stone, Raphael Stone, over the last four months has done some of the most mind boggling moves I've ever seen because you get a all time talent in James Harden, and like Manny said earlier, and jump in if you feel free. But it's like you get stones for gold. You know what I mean? It's just like you get pebbles in return for just solid gold bricks. And it's like, and then you turn around and say, well, you know what? At least we got something. That doesn't make any sense because where where does your team stand at? You have John Wall coming off Achilles surgery, and you got Christian Wood who, in the first time him being featured in an offense, he can't stay healthy. And you have mm. like, and then you have a coach who signed on to coach, you know what I mean, James Harden as the lead um initiator of your offense and they're leaving him out to dry like they do our coaches all the time and then they're gonna blame it on him and can't he can't get them to win just one game have you seen the roster this is this is this is the politics of the nba but it's sad because houston could have avoided this 
Yeah, and yes. look at what the the Knicks have made, and I we'll get to the uh, super chat, and then we'll close out. But look at the the um the front office changes the Knicks made, and you know last year, and look at what they've managed to do this year. So you're starting to see the 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 rewards of those moves um, from where they were to where they are. Yeah, James Dolan is still there, but he owns the team. But he replaced his front office staff. And he brought in somebody else, and so far it's working out for him. And um, this super chat, this one, this one's for you, Q. Uh, Tigolo mm-hmm. Kane said, "What up, Tigolo? Appreciate you. Uh, keep that energy for the process. Six is what they won. One and eight versus Celtics in the playoffs. Only three picks that panned out. Right. Well, that would make sense if we both had hardware on our fingers, but we don't. In the last like what five years." So if you want to continue to harp on rings that happened when Lil Wayne was the hottest rapper in the world, be my guest. But this is 2021. And I feel like both of our GM situations were similar uh, with, you know, Colangelo and Danny Ainge. But we act like, you know, Markel Fultz wasn't projected to be the number one pick. You know what I mean? And what he was not heralded as being, oh, this is a guy. This is the number one. And it's only been because of revisionist history that Danny Ainge had this foresight to trade for Tatum. No, we just over overplayed for a player who happened to not have it all together. So if Michael Fultz panned out, I don't believe that we would be having this conversation in terms of, you know, Sixers not having good picks pan out. Plus, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, that seems like two pretty great picks to me. You know, I, you know, the only reason I disagree with you and the reason why I say this is I think that those picks were surefire. Like Ben Simmons, he panned out, but Joel Embiid with his back and the Vicular Bone injury, that was a was, sure thing. Was, Joel Embiid was a was a prayer. And then you had um what's his name? The other center that they had before him. We, um, yeah, we messed up with, with Noah Hill. And Okafor. Oh, no, but no, not yeah. even I wouldn't even talk about Okafor, him too, but the other Nerlens. Nerlens. Yeah, we had Nerlens and we had so, Okafor. So they took a flyer on Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. His talent was always there. You mm-hmm. just didn't know if you stay healthy, but the talent was there at Kansas. So everybody knew Joel Embiid was a was a beast. But he panned out. I, I didn't like the Zaire Smith was a terrible. That was draft. terrible. That was terrible. They, they made some. They made some horrible choices in Philly with, with the picks that they had. So I'm not gonna give them a pass. Mm-hmm. I think the, the team letting go of JJ at the time that they did at the time that they let JJ go, I thought was a bad move too. Well, I think that there's, there's, there is a revisionist history that happens with the Sixers because we always get the, Oh, the process failed or the process, you know, work. I think the process is still going um, because it hit a wall for a long time. People act like Sam Hinkie was there the entire time. Sam Hinkie, a lot of people don't know. Sam Hinkie wanted to draft Porzingis over Okafor. That's verified. You can look it up on CSN com, like, you know, this is in the Inquirer. People know this stuff. Um, but he was overruled because they uh, management, Josh Harris, who stepped out of the way recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you see what's happening? Uh, but what happened at, 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 at that time was they went with a household name, national champion, let's get some butts in the seats or whatever. Terrible pick. Nerlens Noel, they 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 bet on upside. They, they got Michael Carter-Williams and they flipped him for nobody at the end. But Sam Hinkie was able to get guys like, in my opinion, that you see in the league now, Jeremy Grant. He drafted Jeremy Grant, drafted, um, you know what I'm saying, Timothy Luwalu-Cabro, who's, who's actually contributing for the, for the New York Nets, <laughs> uh, Brooklyn Nets. 
You see, you yeah, know, I like him. You see Ben Simmons, uh, who is a asset that uh, Sam Hinkie acquired for uh, Brian Colangelo to even able to cash in on. You have Joel Embiid. That took a gamble. People were saying, oh, we should take, uh, you know, Aaron Gordon, number three. Take, you know, this other person, number three. But we stood hold and took a bet on Joel Embiid. And he's been the best player in that draft, hands down. Um, Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker. Come on now. And then in terms of after yeah. Sam Hinkie's fired, we've had the Colangelo's intervene. The NBA had installed the basketball president of USA basketball to be our, our, our GM because they didn't want us to tank again. We were in the process of accruing more picks. It was when Brett Brown and Colangelo then drafted Zaire Smith and then traded Mikhail Bridges on draft night to get a pick that they ended up signing Tobias Harris to $180 million contract with. This is two, it's two sides to the process. And I believe that there was one side that is a hinky chapter there's a Colangelo chapter, and now we're in the Maury chapter, which is hopefully being able to right this wrong. But yeah. we're seeing- I, well, I, I think though, um, while Tigolo has a, a valid point, it is valid. We also, we, we also have to look at this in terms of um, context. You know, I'm gonna say that word because FIFO isn't here. Context, <laughs> right? And um, and 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 framing, media framing, because. The sisters put out there what they were going to do. And I didn't believe in the process. I thought it was bullshit. I fought Q and FIFO tooth and nail about on it. Uh, it's all documented. You guys can go listen to it. Um, but I can't deny that it didn't work, right? They put out there that we were just going to lose and we're going to accumulate all these assets and, you know, these draft picks and do this, that, and the other with it. We're going to find the right guy that's going to change the franchise uh, or turn the franchise around. And they did that. Um the difference I see between the Sixers and the Celt and the, the Celtics is that while everybody was, were lambasting the Sixers, Danny Ainge were getting a lot of praise. And and they took different paths to if Tigolo want to say they've achieved the same results, you can, but one was praised for doing a lot of making a lot of right moves mm-hmm. that ultimately hadn't panned out. And the other team, they were not. And I think that that should that should be considered when having this discussion. Nobody was praising Colangelo or anybody like that. You would remind me, but everybody thought Danny Ainge was this, this God from heaven when it comes to Gene. Yeah, because because Danny Ainge was able to do a dual strategy of we can still win while having these draft picks that are going to hit. And we're going to have we're going to draft all world talent like Marcus Smart and uh, James Young. And RJ Hunter and you know these great <laughs> these great players. Um, so you know Yabuselli and Semi Ojale, you know these all world talents that the Celtics fans talk about. Um, I agree that you know y'all were able to win, but I'll quote you know Thanos. Where did that lead you? Back to <laughs> when nowhere, like back to the same place as me. Like you know what I mean? I'm in the same position as a Sixers fan with an MVP candidate who's hurt. And a defensive player of the year, hopefully in top two run, running. I feel like we're at the same position and y'all are in the AFC. And that, that's not that's not hate. That's just factual that we're kind of tussling back and forth between Celtics have a good season, Sixers have a great season. Sixers have a bad season, Celtics have a great season. You know, yeah, we you know it's just the nature of the NBA, man. But I think that we built our teams in respective ways that 
you kind of either got to agree with the process or you got to agree with you can win and build at the same time. I'm not saying that we've even had a better rebuild than y'all. It's just I like what we've been able to get because we were one Kawhi shot away, man. I still I still hold on to that. We had Brett Brown who didn't even get an interview after getting fired. And he was able to get us within a shot of going to OT. Maybe we win that game. Maybe we go in to beat Milwaukee. Maybe. And then where are we at now? But that's a whole bunch of what ifs. What if Gordon Hayward doesn't get hurt? It's a whole bunch of, you know, we all be high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got we got another super chat, too, from Oblivion Radio. Oblivion Radio said, uh, when will we have Spotlight Ken back? We should have had Spotlight Ken tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would have been a good one tonight. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, we thank hey, you guys hey, for... <laughs> really quick. One more thing. Really quick. Yeah, go um, ahead. Is it true that uh, OKC got like 24 picks in the next... Man, bro, they got like 80. 83-something picks. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But yeah, they I, got I like 37. That. Was it 37? Let me look. I got the chat. I'm looking it up right now. I'm about to look it up right now. The Thunder it's have it's a 17 first-round picks through 2026. Hey, let me tell y'all right now, then Shelton, I hand it to you. Because I, 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 I've been jumping on Pres- Presty, Sam Presty. And people have been jumping back on me about some of his moves. He's one of the best. This has 17 goddamn first-round picks. This motherfucker better hit or it's a wrap. I am going to come in like a Damn. fucking tornado and light yeah. his ass up. I'm just saying. All these goddamn picks... Hey man, this, now is his time to prove that he's everything FIFO say he should be. When yeah, he Cunningham, does. Amani Bates, and Jalen Green are in OKC <laughs> uniforms, y'all gonna be like, all right, all right. He can't, you can't, he shouldn't be able to miss, right? But shouldn't be able to. Ste- Stephon Curry said OKC got a whole middle school. That is correct. That's a fact. No, they got an AAU factory Facts, right now. They do. Facts. They can have their own yeah. intramural squad. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to see. I want to see what you do with with thirty four picks. And like the you said, if you got thirty four picks. You need to hit. You need to hit on the starting. You need to have a fab five in that thirty four picks. Not even, not even a starting five. You just need to hit on that guy. That the NBA is about getting that transcendent talent. You know, you guys were talking. You guys were. You guys were talking about the Celtics and the and and and, and the Sixers. The Sixers got the transcendent talent in Embiid. Yep. End of discussion. You yep. know, once you get that guy, it's like it's like in the NFL when you get when you get that 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 Hall of Fame transcendent quarterback, man. When you get that guy, sky's the limit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because then it's like you're set. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if the Thunder could just hit on one, hell, two, it's a wrap. Everything else is gravy. They can I use mean, the other uh, nah. Harden, he got Harden. I want to start five. Ken, he got Harden, Katie, and Russ. But, but, even if, but let's say you let's say you hit let's say let's let's just play this out. Out of those seventeen, uh, you man. get another you get another KD and Harden. Let's just put it out, and then you could use ten of those next picks as trade capital. I want a starting five from those picks, a even if it's from five. trade. Damn, I want a starting five. Well, that's a fact though, because you know what you know if you're talking about trades, yes, because it's like all right, we we identified our our two young alphas. We signed a veteran, like you would say, Bradley Beal. We traded for Bradley Beal at a certain point. And then, you know what I mean, we got like a glue guy, like our found, found our Draymond, and we trade for somebody else. If you get a five that way, cool. 
Well, I think that we got to be realistic. You can't find damn near like just five alphas like that nope. unless you're hitting in the top like three every time. And that even then, it's a crapshoot, man, because you see Parker and Andrew Wiggins went one and two in one draft. Come on. I mean, he yeah. drafted he, he he drafted four, right? That's what I heard. He drafted what four four MVPs, three MVPs. Ibaka was good. I don't know if he drafted Jeff Green, but he was on that team when they yeah, were- draft Green, yeah, KD Westbrook and and Harden. So, cute uh, uh, Manny, you saying two? I need at least three, baby. Nah, I need at least three. I, 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 I need two and a possible. Two and a possible. Uh, that many, if, if the Sixers can get, I'll say three and a possible because I, I need a Baca. Yeah, if the Sixers could get two in in uh, the process where they were in, thirty four picks is four processes. Mm-hmm. So I can, you should be able to get I three agree. picks. You should be able to I get agree. three to four picks. I agree. Because I mean, there are definitely some camp misses. Uh, Q, you name like three of them, mm-hmm. and then you know, I guess it's up to them to figure out what the, what the others are. So. Maybe two and a possible is, is more reasonable, reasonable. But mm-hmm. I mean, the man drafted four guys that have won titles. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, three uh, MVPs. Ibaka won one. Ibaka won a title. No, Ibaka and KD won title. It was how many three picks MVPs. do they have this year? Do y'all know this this upcoming year? I think I think they get the lottery. Um, uh, it's in a couple of months, but I know that OKC probably. I think they have like three or four. Just. If they got if they have three first round picks in this draft, two of those players are gonna be starters in this from this draft class. It depends on where they fall, though. Mm-hmm. I, I think this first round is gonna be loaded. It's it's a pretty solid draft. I know that Kuminga is gonna be one of them boys, man. He's he's a I yeah. And, and see, that's the thing. Now, when I say starters, I, I mean starters in the league. You got them them up and down. The the baby Donovan Mitchell is gonna be a starter in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, at Baylor, you got players you know that you've never even heard of that will start in the league one day. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and and that's what I think that they're gonna get those type players. I'm not saying they're gonna get you know the next All Star, but they they should get started starter quality players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OKC yeah, has OKC. I think they have two first round picks this year. Two, yeah, just two for right now. But I, who who's the second one from Miami? Oh, okay. Yeah. So that won't be a lottery pick. Yeah. Mm. Well, but, they, but but this is the type of draft where if, if they have a lottery pick, they should the, whoever the lottery picks in this year's draft should be pretty good. You can't you can't ever predict, but mm-hmm. it's some it's some pretty solid people at the top of this draft. Yeah. And even even later in the draft, still be able to get some solid talent, some contributors on the on on squads this year. Um this is a pretty, pretty, pretty good loaded class. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, one more thing before before I let y'all wrap up. Did, were y'all surprised that Bradley Beal didn't get traded? Nah, probably wait till the summertime and then be able to reevaluate better offers by uh, the draft. Um, you know, you you get more. You get like I said, teams get froggier when it's like, all right, new talent. Let's just get off of this guy because of the. It's like the newness of, you know, you can have Jalen Green and our first round pick for Bradley Beal and Bobo or something. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? You, you rebuild that way with young core. I think they're going to end up going that route. Russ is probably going to get moved again. 
which isn't, you know, what he's at in his career now, but he's still a great player, I, I believe, but not as great as he once was. But we're going to see, man. I respect what Wizards are doing with, with Bill in terms of, like, letting him, like, just kind of ride this out. And he'll pick probably where he wants to go this summer. Yeah, plus, you know, they're still trying to win 50 games this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Nick. <laughs> What's up, Nick? <laughs> Shout out Nick one time, man. All right, anything else, Shelton? No, that is all. Go Braves. Braves about to start up, so. Cool. Well, we thank you guys for coming through once again to kick it with us as we recap the trade deadline. Uh, appreciate you, Q and Manny, for hanging out tonight as well. And um, may have to do it again next week. Uh, but yeah, we'll catch you guys uh, next time. We'll be back Tuesday, guys. Uh, more than like, well, no, it probably will be nine fifteen because FIFO is still out of town, so there won't be a league recording. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so until Tuesday, we'll catch you guys then. We out, peace, peace. <laughs>